0: Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are currently in the midst of our drawn-in sermon series where we are diving into how our creating God calls us to live creative lives with Him. Everything that is created is in relationship with all other things. Nothing exists in isolation, including our relationships. Are we willing to reintegrate, revise, revision our lives as we come in contact with others who are not like us? New possibilities await if we are willing to offer ourselves fully and be willing to be changed by our interactions. In this message of the week from February 13th, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from 1 Corinthians 12, the importance of a faith community and how we are called to work together despite our differences. Here is the First Church message of the week. Why don't you pray with me? Holy and loving God, as we listen for your voice and your word in this time, might you open our ears that we might hear you more clearly, open our eyes so that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So as you may know by now, over the past many weeks, we have been working our way through this sermon series as we have talked about the gift of being drawn into the creative life with God, as we have talked about ways that God calls us and invites us to dream and to listen and to take some risks. Today, I want to focus on the importance of not just doing this in our personal lives, but also how, as you may have guessed by now, God may be calling us to do those things in community. And part of the reason that community is such an important part of our Christian faith is because we know and believe that while we are all simultaneously different We are all a little bit also the same, aren't we? And that we are all created in God's image, which is to say that as different as we all may be and as different as our callings may be or our gifts may be, we also know that our gifts are meant to complement the gifts of the people around us. And when all of our gifts come together, the whole of who we are together is better cared for, but also a little more beautiful. I mean, while I know that our cellist and violinist could have played this morning without a piano, it was better with the piano, wasn't it? We are grateful for the ways that their different gifts come together to honor each other. And the same is true in all the aspects of our lives, even if we don't always have such astute uh, examples. So I thank them for that unplanned example this morning. Now that means, of course, that we are, to do that well, we have to be in relationship with all that is around us, with one another, with creation, with how we respond to and interact with one another. Because these things impact our lives on a deeper level than I think most of us, most of us pause to think about. Scripture talks a lot about this, even as early as in the creation story in Genesis 1 when we were told that God, who created the heavens and the earth, called forth the earth to actively produce vegetation from grass and trees and more. Or God created humankind, we are told, to care for the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, to care for the cattle, to care all over all the wild animals of the earth, it says. We are called to care for and oversee one another. From the very first days of creation, God has put us in relationship with all that is around us as we are called to care for and sustain one another, something that we can really only do if we're truly living life together. And in a way, this kind of reminded me of a story that I heard once about a woman. Uh, she always wanted to travel abroad. And so one day, she went to the post office to apply for her passport. And the clerk told her that she was going to have to take a loyalty oath first. No problem, she said, as she raised her right hand, and did as she was told, and was asked questions. And as she was asked, do you swear to defend the Constitution of the United States against all its enemies, foreign or domestic? The woman hesitated, and turned a little pale, and turned to the clerk, and asked in a trembling voice, you mean all by myself? Now, we can see why this poor woman would hesitate, right? What an awful lot to expect from one person. And while we can laugh together at the lighthearted nature of this story, the truth is we do need each other in ways that most of us don't really give much thought to, don't we? Jesus really understood this. He personally gathered his closest friends, his disciples, who had different gifts and abilities and perspectives and shortcomings, and he invited them to be in ministry alongside him. Some of the closest disciples of Jesus understood this, too. The apostle Paul wrote about it in lots of the letters that he sent to communities he supported through prayer and encouragement. In one such community, found in the city of Corinth, the Corinthian people, by the way that he was writing to, were really divided. They were troubled people, and yet Paul wrote to them with clear intentions of hoping to help them live in faithful community together, no matter their differences, And so after talking about the different kinds of gifts that everyone could have, Paul went on to say in our reading from Scripture today, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12, he said, Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts, and all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and we all were given one spirit to drink. Certainly, the body isn't one part, but many. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean it's not a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed each one of the parts in the body just like he wanted. If all were one body... If all were one and the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts, but one body. Many parts, but one body. Here ends our reading. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about the way that Paul lays this out is that he not only shows us that the different gifts are important and that one part is no less important than the other, but at least how I read it this week for the first time, I also maybe noticed a little bit of a sense of humor in there. Um, after all, that he asked in verse 17, he says, if the whole body were an eye, what would happen to hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? And while those are serious questions, I also thought to myself, aren't we glad that somebody in our body is a nose? Anybody ever gone or thought about what part of the body you might want to be and thought, I want to be a nose today, right? Probably not. Often we think about what parts of the body we are, and we think of the big ones, right? We think about our hands and our feet that help us to actively serve in the world's. We think about our eyes that help us to see where we're going or help us to cast vision. We have other parts that we often name too, maybe our ears as named here, for those among us who are particularly good at listening. But I can honestly say that I've never been with a group in a gifts assessment and had someone say with excitement, I think I'm a nose, But at the risk of maybe hitting a little close to home for some, did anyone here who had COVID over the last two years lose your sense of smell, even for a little while? Because while I know that the symptoms were different for everyone, losing one's sense of smell or even taste is probably the one thing that I've heard people lament about the most among those who had really mild cases. And for something that we don't give much thought to on a daily basis, we really miss the things we take for granted when they're gone, don't we? It's true of the things that we notice. It's also true of the things we don't. Sometimes in tangible ways in community, we notice things like how Sandy and Pastor Abigail are missing this weekend. I hope we noticed It's also true, though, of the stuff we don't notice. And it makes me think of uh, some of the things that we want or need. Uh, Sometimes we don't think we'd miss everything that we know and love. And when we're being lighthearted about it, I think of things like vegetables. I think about, especially when I was a child, how much I did not like eating vegetables. Maybe some of us as adults, I know, don't like eating them either. Hopefully, we eat them anyway, but if you don't love them, it's probably not something you think much about, right? But can you imagine if you couldn't eat them, if they were no longer available to you for whatever reason? Because my friend, Sarah, She has a disease called gastroparesis. And among other things, having this disease means that she can't digest fresh fiber, which means that she cannot have certain foods, including fresh vegetables. Have you ever met a person who legitimately cannot eat fresh produce? It can be a serious illness, so I want to name that, and at times this has made her very, very sick. But that said, one of the ways that she deals with it is through humor, as she loves to remind us that vegetables have never been her favorite anyway. Um, She was diagnosed at 19 with this disease, and honestly, what 19-year-old likes to eat vegetables? Uh, we knew ourselves, we became friends at first in undergrad and before that. So before she was diagnosed, she was living a good life as a college student who ate whatever was in that cafeteria food that we didn't know. And she was very happy about it. Using her words, she would say that she didn't really like vegetables because she actually preferred to eat good food. But then this diagnosis came and it flipped her world upside down. And now, because she can't have them, she not only misses the foods that she can't eat, but she talks about how she all but dreams about them, or how even just talking about it sometimes makes her taste broccoli, or think that she does. Now, as her friend, as you can imagine, I readily jump in with her humor, and I did have her permission to share her story this morning to share about how I like sitting next to her at meals because I really enjoy fresh produce, and so I know I'll get to eat hers. Uh, There's always an understanding, by the way, that if I do eat her fresh vegetables, I have to tell her how awful they are. We're a good pair in that way, though. Because just a couple of years after her diagnosis, I discovered that I couldn't have dairy anymore. And so now when we sit together at conferences or any meal really that we share, we're ready to swap food as needed. So it means that I get her starter salad, for example. But if they deliver something like a cream-based soup or pre-buttered bread, or her personal favorite, a decadent dessert, because the good things are always made with butter and cream, aren't they? She gets those. It works pretty well for us. And it helps us remember that though our issues are different and one is far more complicated than the other, we're never alone because everything is better and easier in community, isn't it? I wonder what it is that you might need from the community around you that perhaps you don't even realize they're giving you in the moment. I wonder what you would miss if it was no longer there. Or to ask this another way from another perspective, I also wonder what you are giving to the body of Christ as you live into your role as a part of the body that is First Church. Because while our lives as Christians may take a bit more reflection than whether we are going to be giving up dairy or fiber or some other substance that's going to do harm to us, the truth is we're all better off when we are willing and able to work together. To share our gifts, even and perhaps especially when it means we have to revise our plans in order to care for one another in creative ways, in order to be better partners on this journey of life and faith that we are all called to. And when we offer ourselves fully to the journey and the calling to live into our role as a part of the body of Christ in these ways, it's then that we encounter and live into the possibilities that God calls us to. It's only then that the puzzle pieces come together to form the picture that was always meant to be there. But have you ever tried to put puzzle pieces in the wrong place and wondered what was missing or how it got off? Your part of the puzzle of who we are at First Church is just as important, if not more so, than people like me who stand up here every week. Because without each and every one of us, we are not complete. Without each and every one of us, we aren't able to live for and into and embrace those relationships with each other and with the people around us, not just for our own selves, but to live in such a way that says, yes, I want to be on this journey with you, and my life is better because of the ways we honor one another. Friends, as one body in Christ, we are blessed with the truth that those around us matter. Those who are different shapes or sizes or who have different gifts or abilities, they matter. How are you living into this truth? How are you being faithful, perhaps in creative ways, to invite God into the ways we encounter and interact with one another? One body, one truth, one life together. Friends, we are many parts, but one body. And so may we today and every day live into this invitation and this truth as God calls us to use all the gifts that God has already given to honor one another. Let us pray together. Holy loving God, thank you for the gifts that you give us, for those that we know and see and feel and sense for those that we maybe have and don't even recognize. Help us, oh God, to honor all of who you created us to be, individuals and as a whole, as we seek to honor you and to love you and to live more fully into this invitation today and every day, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.